Creative Sandbox Way Podcast, Episode 160. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, and I help professionals connect the dots between creativity, play, and work so you can be more productive and innovative, improve the bottom line, and be a better leader in all areas of life and work. My mission is to show you not only how play and creativity can help you get ahead, but why it's an essential tool in your kit. Now let's start digging in the sandbox. Every morning at Create and Incubate Retreat, the creativity retreat that I host every fall, next one's coming up September 12th through 16th, by the way, every morning, right after breakfast, we do what's called creative catalyzing sessions. Now, these are about a half hour long, and they are sessions of play. They are games from the world of theater and improv, the purpose of which is to get us out of our heads and into our bodies. Because when we are in our bodies, then the gremlins, <laughs> the self-doubt, the who do you think you are, all you know, all those nasty voices, the comparison trap, all that stuff they disperse. When we're in our bodies, we can actually create. So that's the whole goal is to get us out of our heads and into our bodies. And some of the retreatants say that these creative catalyzing sessions are their favorite part of the whole retreat, (laughs) this half hour a day, because it is so fun. We laugh like crazy. And we also always discover something amazing. It never fails. We do improv brains, (laughs) improv brains, (laughs) improv games that scramble our brains and are basically impossible to do (laughs) intentionally. And after one such game, when everyone was laughing hysterically, I asked everybody, why was that fun? And one of the retreatants, it just popped out of her mouth, the luxury of adopting confusion. That's what popped out of her mouth. And we all just went, whoa, <laughs> that was profound. The luxury of adopting confusion. Someone write that down. And they did. And people made artwork out of it, turned into all kinds of little posters. And I think that turned into an art quilt over the course of the week, we all went, yes, that was exactly it. That is exactly why that is so fun. Just popped out of that retreatant's mouth. And it is exactly what we were all feeling. And here's the thing, we spend our lives trying to get everything right, to do everything well, to master everything, go, 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 right? And at Create and Incubate Retreat, we have five days to play, to make art, to write, to record your audiobook. That's what one of the retreatants did last year. 
She worked on recording her audiobook, to make your quilt, to draw, to work on your scrapbook, whatever it is that you want to work on, to play on. And in order to send the gremlins away so that we can lean into the uncertainty and really be in that space of creativity, we have these creative catalyzing sessions. And what that retreatant said, the luxury of adopting confusion, that is exactly the space that we all need to be in, in order to allow ourselves to sink into full creative permission. Because creativity by definition is uncertainty. It's sitting in that that void of uncertainty. Because if it's not uncertain, it means it's been done before. And if it's been done before, then it's not truly creative, right? So we have to allow ourselves the luxury of adopting confusion. So that phrase became last year's motto, or one of them. We typically end up with several mottos each year at Create and Incubate Retreat. And as you can see, if I didn't share the entire story with you, you wouldn't understand what that phrase, the luxury of adopting confusion, even meant or where the heck that came from. So our retreat mottos are always inside jokes and insider stories. And we have our own sort of special language at Create and Incubate Retreat. And people will come back year after year. And so that language and those insider stories, they just grow (laughs) and they build on themselves and on each other. And I'm super excited to find out what this year's motto is going to be or, or mottos, because I'm sure there will be more than one. And maybe you will be the person who, who blurts it out during a creative catalyzing session after one of our yummy breakfasts or over dinner or lunch or playing games one evening. And I have a hug with your name on it if you do come. So go to createandincubateretreat.com to register, createandincubateretreat.com. Early bird prices are still in effect, and there's an installment plan that's still in effect until July 1st, and then prices go up $300, and the installment plan goes away. So createandincubateretreat.com. Today, I want to share with you a new kind of brainstorming that I discovered in Harvard Business Review. Now, I have to confess, I subscribe to Harvard Business Review more out of sense of obligation, I guess, than anything else. I mean, I run a B2B business, so I really should read HBR, right? But hey, I'm a creative. And the hardcore businessy articles, honestly, bore the bejesus out of me. But some of the articles are about the human side of business. And those are the ones that perk up my ears because that is what fascinates me. And after all, I run a consultancy that exists specifically to help companies with this stuff, human interaction stuff, 
soft skills, communication, storytelling, alignment, values, team building, and how all of this has a profound impact on the success, or lack thereof, of a business. So anyway, back to HBR. The other day, I was really delighted to find an article in the March-April 2018 issue that was right up my alley as a creative. It's called Better Brainstorming by Hal Gregerson. And it describes a type of brainstorming that Gregerson developed that he calls the question burst, which takes only four minutes and generates questions rather than answers. And I have the issue right here in front of me. Gregerson says... Underlying this approach is a broader recognition that fresh questions often beget novel, even transformative insights. So I was really fascinated with this type of brainstorming, and I decided to draw up sketch notes of the article, which I have posted in the show notes, which you can find at creativesandboxway.com slash 160, because this is episode 160. Woohoo, we're up to 160. That's kind of exciting. So I thought I would summarize here. Obviously, you can't see the see the sketch notes here on the podcast, but you could you can see them over in the show notes. And I thought I would summarize my notes and then uh you can give it a try. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this method. I have only had a chance to try it once myself so far, and I honestly found it very challenging to stick with questions for the the people contributing. I found it also challenging to write the questions down verbatim, which is one of the uh, requirements of the question burst. And I forgot to set a timer. Oh, still, I found it very fruitful. And it brought up some ideas that I hadn't considered, which of course, is exactly the point. So here is the question burst. First thing, ground rules. People can contribute only questions, no answers, no suggestions, but just questions. And second, no preambles or justifications. So when they offer their question, not nothing like, well, um, you know, I shouldn't say this, but, or, you know, no lead in to the question, just state their question, just ask their question. So there are three steps to the question burst. Step one is setting the stage. And that first is select a challenge that you care deeply about. If it makes your heart beat faster, then it's a good candidate. Once you have your question selected, invite a few people to help you consider it from fresh angles. And it's best if two or three of them have no direct experience and a starkly different worldview from you. That's helpful. Once you have your people assembled, give yourself a couple of minutes to lay out the problem. Explain the situation, explain the problem, and share with them how would things change for the better if the problem were solved 
And why are you stuck? And then do a quick emotion checkup. Here's the thing. Emotions affect creative energy and research shows that creative problem solving flourishes when people work in positive emotional states. So check and see, uh, you know, where you are emotion emotionally and expect that you might go through some emotional turbulence during this process. So be aware of that. So that's step one, setting the stage. Step two is to collectively generate your questions. And you're going to do this for just four minutes. So don't forget to set your timer like I did. (laughs) In my sketch notes, I drew one of those old fashioned dial uh, kitchen timers. So set your timer and spend four minutes generating questions. The emphasis here is on quantity, not quality. Now, this should be familiar to you if you are aware of my Creative Sandbox Way guideposts, because guidepost number three is think quantity, not quality. So, do, 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 do. so gather your questions and just have people start sharing their questions. Now, here's the tricky part that I found very challenging is to write them down verbatim. You can write them by hand. You can type them into an Evernote, however you want. But you want to gather them in a way that you will have them later. So, you know, you don't want to put them on a whiteboard where you're just going to erase them. You want to collect them where you will be able to see them later. But write them down verbatim exactly as the person said them. That was really hard, but that's those are the instructions. Now, you're aiming for at least 15 questions. That's your goal. They can be crazy They can be wacky. They can be stupid. It doesn't matter. And remember, remember the ground rules. People can contribute only questions no, and no preambles or justifications. When the timer goes off, do a second quick emotion checkup and see how you're feeling. And remember, research shows that creative problem solving flourishes when people work in positive emotional states. All right. So now... You're done with your group. That was step two. Four minutes only. So you can do this super fast. Doesn't take very long. Now, step three is solo. You do this next step on your own. Take the questions that you've written down verbatim and study them. And look for the questions that suggest new pathways to you. And select just a few that intrigue you, maybe they strike you as different, or they might even make you uncomfortable. Take a few and try expanding those into sets of related questions or follow-on questions. That's work you're doing on your own, maybe you're using your journal. And then once you've gotten those expanded out sets of questions, commit to pursuing at least one new pathway. And then finally, your last part of step three is to devise a near action plan from the questions that you have divide, uh, you know, you've, you've gotten out of this question burst. And that is it. That's the whole thing. You've got step one, setting the stage, selecting a challenge you care about, inviting your people together, 
taking two minutes to lay out the problem. Step two, four minutes, collective, collectively generating questions, writing them down verbatim, going for quantity, aiming for at least 15. And then step three, on your own, study the questions, looking for those that suggest new pathways, select a few that intrigue you, and then expand those into sets and commit to pursuing at least one new pathway. And finally, devise your action plan. That is the question burst. Better Brainstorming is the article in Harvard Business Review by Hal Gregerson, the March-April 2018 issue. If you would like to dive more deeply and read the entire article, and you can see my sketch note at creativesandboxway.com slash 160. I am really curious to see how it goes if you do try this. Uh, as I said, it I had sort of mixed results because I've only been able to do it once. And Well, uh, yeah, let me know how it goes. And now on to something cool. I, as I said, the sketch notes are in the show notes. And if you're interested in learning to tip your toe into the waters of visual note taking, which is what sketch notes are, combining words and pictures, simple pictures, in order to better remember and consolidate information, whether it's from an article like the sketch notes of this HBR article, or a live lecture or a TED talk or something like that. If you're interested in learning how to do that, it's something that I'm just learning how to do. By the way, this sketch note in this, um, of this article, I spent a couple of uh, probably two or three days on. Uh, it, so it's much more refined than, <laughs> than the, fish, the other kinds of notes that I share on Instagram lately. FYI, just saying. Anyway, I found an article by Creighton Berman called Sketchnotes 101, The Basics of Visual Note-Taking, and it's a fantastic place to start if you're interested in visual note-taking yourself. The science shows that visual note-taking, people remember six times the information when they incorporate visuals into their notes than they do if they just use writing. Six times, and you do not have to be an artist. In fact, the ability to draw has no relationship with the, uh, the, um, the memory, how well people remember their notes, bears absolutely zero relationship to that. So if you're thinking to yourself, but I can't draw, so visual note taking is not for me, just let that go. Because it has bear has no bearing on how well the note taking um, sticks in your memory. So anyway, check that out. I have a link in the show notes. It's Sketch Notes 101, The Basics of Visual Note Taking by Creighton Burn. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend, 
And I would be super appreciative if you would take a moment to hop on over to iTunes, the Apple Podcast Player, whatever they're calling it nowadays, and leave a rating and review. If you need instructions on how to do that, I've got you covered. Just head on over to creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. That's creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes hyphen review. And if you email me to let me know you left a review and let me know how the podcast has made a difference in your own life, that's how you apply to be featured in the listener spotlight. If I pick you, we'll have a really fun, relaxed conversation and you will be featured on the podcast. Super cool. I just got a review from Amber Ray, who was on the podcast just last week. She left a five-star review. The title says, love Melissa, two exclamation points. And Amber, whose ID is Choose Wonder, Amber writes, I had such a great time speaking to Melissa for the show. Her vulnerability and openness gave me goosebumps and led to an incredibly meaningful conversation about envy and comparison. Oh, so sweet. Love it. Two sentences, super short, easy, beautiful five-star review. You can go leave a review as well. And if you send me an email you might just get to be on the podcast. That is it. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you so much, you, for listening. And until next time, thanks again for joining me and go get creating. Subscribe at creativesandboxway.com slash podcast.